The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Earlier today on the Pat Kenny Show, Brian Caulfield from Trinity College Dublin had this to say about SUVs. What the evidence shows us is that these cars are 20, have a 20% higher emissions profile um, than, say, a, a saloon car or a hatchback car. So they are producing more emissions. We're selling more and more of them year on year. It would seem to me as a, a kind of a no-brainer, low-hanging fruit. This is something that we should start to phase out. Uh, let's speak to Laura Erskine, who is a parenting expert. How are you, Laura? Hello, good evening. Uh, lovely to talk to you. Um, a lot of people, when we talked about this at four o'clock, were pointing to the Chelsea tractors being a status symbol and that they were there to show how flashy you were and how big your bank account was. But then there was pushback from others who said, no, you need them because if you have more than three kids or if even you have three kids and three child seats, you need something bigger. Where does the truth lie? To be honest, the family cars that are around these days are all SUVs. There actually is very little choice. Uh, The saloon cars just don't lend themselves to accommodating a family and uh, all of the shopping and a dog and and being able to park it in your driveway. Uh, So it's just, it's out of necessity really that families are opting for the SUV style car because the saloon car isn't as wide. It doesn't allow um, as many child seats to be fitted. And then added to that, you've got your weekly grocery shopping. You may have a dog. You may have bicycles and scooters that need to go into the back of the car. And and not to mention any mother out there who's listening, who's thinking about the the two or three kids that she's bringing home on a play date or picking up from soccer practice two to three times a week. And they all have to be accommodated too, which Mm. is why so many families are going for the bigger cars and particularly those that offer the seven seats where they can be flipped up and and made uh, made useful um, they, in those uh, situations. Yeah, and, and trust me, again, I, I, I pointed out how I was the, the Egypt who didn't check if the car took three seats before the child almost came home from hospital. So I, I, I know that this is a huge problem, but there were cars out there, like we had a Renault Scenic at the time and the Scenic was a perfectly good car that wasn't an SUV. You get three seats in the middle. I know somebody, I'm not wishing to single out brands because it's not my car and I'd have anything to do with them but they bought a Dacia um, and the Dacia has seven seats and it's not an SUV and it's plenty big and it's a reasonable cost so I mean you don't have to go for the high-end Range Rover if you're looking for space well, that's it. And I think this is where we, we've got this problem because we're talking about SUVs in very general terms. And what you term an SUV and what I term an SUV are, are two different things. I mean, officially it was a sports utility vehicle. They were huge. They were like the big Land Rovers. They had tow bars at the back. They had other bars at the front of them. They were designed uh, to be you know, used in cross-country type situations, uh, trekking up mountains, managing snow. But would you believe that the Volkswagen ID4, the newest electric car on the market, which is now very popular with families, is classified as an SUV? You've got compact SUVs, which would be your Dacia. You know, they are actually classified under this general term. So I think we need to redefine what an SUV is. Yeah. Uh, and when we talk about wanting to ban these cars, we also need to, to think about safety. There's a, there's a, an argument there uh, by the professor this morning from UCD who wants to 
to uh, to ban them, saying that he, you know, it's for safety of cyclists, of other road users, of pedestrians, because they're so big that you can't yeah, see well, a I mean, child. The, the basic well, argument, if you get a whack of a car, it's not them. as bad as the whack of an SUV. I think that was the point he's making. And I can see a certain logic in that. It is, but for the passenger in the car, uh, the SUV is a much safer car to travel in um, by by pure factor of the weight of the car. Uh, and that means you're actually 40% less likely to have a fatality in a crash that is a heavier weight SUV-style car than you are in a compact okay. car. Uh, Tony Lowe's is with so, us as well. He's with Friends of the Environment. Good evening to you, Tony. Good evening, Jonathan. Um, where do you sit on this? I mean, I have a huge discomfort with somebody spending 90 grand on, uh, I'm just going to throw a brand out there, be it a BMW i5, uh, which is an electric car, admittedly, but then your Range Rover Evoque, which is really not something, you're not going to be driving through the countryside in one of those, but you're driving it in an urban environment. I, I, there's a big difference in my mind compared to a, a mother of three small kids trying to get seats into the back. Well, there's a big difference. I, ultimately, you end up with, uh, I think, a Ford in America has one of these SUVs, battery electric, and you can park it outside your house and run your house off it for three days if you lose power. So there's no end to the direction we can go in with these vehicles. And I think that what we have to first start with is we're talking about private passenger vehicles here. You know, farming, fishing, forestry, they, they come under commercial uh, vehicle registration tax anyway. But why can't we follow the, the the path that Netherlands and Switzerland and France are taking, which is to tax them by weight and include width and height in this tax? So then, all right, it's still there. I don't, I, you know, phasing them out doesn't seem to me a practical thing, but taxing them does. Yeah, but if we tax them by weight, so we, we bought an electric car recently um, and it is 100% electric. We use our solar panels to charge it up when the sun is shining. We plug it in at night so that it uses electricity when there's less pressure on the grid, doing all the right things. I'm going to be hit with a big tax bill for that, haven't I? Well, I think if you take in width and height as well, we're not actually uh, you know, going to focus entirely on weight. For another reason for that is that the manufacturers are already onto this, and they're using thinner steel and they're using aluminium because they know these taxes are coming in. But if you bring in width and height, uh, you, you do as well because, uh, they, they, you know, they use more energy because they're, they're not aerodynamic. They're raised off the ground and they have blunter front grills. So they use more oil and electricity. There's more pollution coming off the tires. But I think there's 20% more pressure on our electric grid I think there are a lot of reasons to try and discourage the use of these things, but uh, to actually ban them, I can't. I, I can't see. But let's let's go into taxing them by weight. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a presentation at the National Infrastructure Summit in Cook Park on the 16th of May about just this: how we can use these taxes to try and bring about a more sustainable transport system. Yeah, one of the key challenges, though, is space. Um, and people will always talk about, well, I need it for a bigger boot. And one, one listener says, um, people need extra space that an SUV provides. Two and a half kids, a buggy, bicycles, the family dog, the gear bag for the local football team. What harm is an electric SUV doing the environment? They'll all be EVs in five years' time. So can we keep the SUV shape and style and migrate it to a form of renewable energy, so battery and, and renewable electricity charging it up? Well, no, because we're still using... Too much. I'll, I'll bring yeah, you back in in two seconds there, Laura. Let Tony in first. 
I was just going to say, I mean, we don't get around the problem that uh, that, that that this uses too much energy. Look, I, you know, I had five kids in a busy life, and I got them all in a Renault 4. It's not impossible. <laughs> a Renault 4, excellent. Nice to hear Renault 4 being mentioned again. Skoda Octavia, 600-plus litre boot, loads of space. So there are cars out there that wouldn't be my definition of an SUV. It might fall into yours, Laura, but boot space is important. You, you, but you don't have to have a massive bus to get a big boot. You don't. I, I drive a Skoda Kodiak 7-seater. That is classified as an SUV. Uh, my husband drives a, a, a Golf Volkswagen um, ID4. That is classified as an SUV. Both of these are very modest-looking family cars. So um, I think we need to be careful with the width and the height. Also, people, I know certainly mums find that driving a car that is more elevated off the ground is is a safer way for them to drive because they can see more of the road. They feel safer. Also, back problems, lifting kids in and out of car seats. Uh, a higher elevated car is much more comfortable to yeah. drive um, and to manage. And I, so I, yeah, I, think I just think, I, I mean, I'm coming to the conclusion, having listened to all of the guests who've been on today, that this, that, that our definition of SUV is wrong. And I remember years ago when we used to say Jeep, we were actually referring to a single individual brand of vehicle, but it became a catch-all. So I think that what we used to refer to as Jeeps, they weren't Jeeps at all. They were just big cars. A SUV doesn't cover everything. I mean, maybe the word crossover is used by the industry, but SUV, one man's SUV is another man's massive yoke, uh, if we could put it that way. So I think we probably need to come up with better definitions uh, before we start taxing anything. We'll leave it there for now. Laura Erskine uh, and Tony Lowe's a friend, Irish friend, friends of the Irish environment, I beg your pardon. Thank you both for joining us. You don't need an SUV for most families, says a listener. We have a small Volvo V40, get three kids into the seats in the back, as well as travelling to the UK on holidays. It's all in the mind of the beholder. It's a little Freudian, really, isn't it? The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.